0: Hey teachers, in this episode, we're going to talk about the six mistakes that you can make in classroom management and how you can respond differently with children who are misbehaving in your classroom. Come on, let's get into it. Okay, in this episode, we're going to look at six mistakes that teachers make when managing classroom behavior and what some of the things that you can do differently to get on top of it and to have more positive outcomes. Now, this episode is brought to you by my free uh, Behavior Management Blueprint, which is an ebook and video course that you can download. Just click the link in the description below and uh, let's get into it. All right, so you know, behavior management is a skill that you have to learn, you have to practice. And, and like any skill, uh, sometimes you can develop or you can practice poor habits or uh, poor practices and not even realize that they're having a negative impact on your performance. And so what I want to do is highlight uh, six common mistakes that I see when I'm working with teachers uh, in the area of behavior management and what are some of the things that you can do differently to change the tone and the response of the students with you. So the first one is this is only responding to surface level behavior. What I mean by that is surface level behavior is the stuff that you see all the time. So it might be talking, it might be calling out, it might be back chatting. That's surface level behavior. But you know, as, as I've said many times before, and if you delve into this uh, in any detail, you will know that all behavior is a communication tool. Behavior is designed to get the attention or to uh, get solicit some help or Um, some kind of outcome from another person. And so if we only ever focus on surface level behavior, the stuff that we see, we don't ever really deal with the motivations or the functions underneath them. And it's really important that we take the time as teachers to inquire about the motivations behind the behavior. If we're only dealing with what we see, we may miss the things that are unseen. There may be problems at home, there may be, uh, you know, cry for help there might be anxieties there might be some kind of learning difficulties and so we need to take the time to delve beneath the surface and see if there are any additional challenges or blockages that may be contributing to the behavior Uh, because when we just address surface level behavior uh, what we'll find is uh, the if the problem still continues under the surface, we're gonna continue seeing worse and worse escalating surface behavior. So that's mistake number one. Uh, the second thing is that um, assuming that behavior is malicious and not driven by a lack of academic understanding. And so sometimes we can view behavior as something as they're trying to avoid work. Maybe they're calling out, maybe they're uh, disrupting class members, and we can see that as a, a lack of desire to work. But uh, very often distracting behaviors can uh, be tied to a lack of understanding academically. And so students will act, either act the clown or they will disengage from their work primarily because the stress of trying to engage in the academic work is causing them anxiety or causing them distress. And so that's a way of them alleviating that stress. It also deflects from uh, the potential perception that they are dumb or that they don't understand. And so you know many class clowns are like this. If you've got somebody that clowns around, tells jokes at inopportune times, many times they're trying to deflect from um, the underlying thing that they are having trouble with the work or they don't understand it. So take the time to check in with your students when they're acting up and just ask them if they understand what's going on or ask them if they need help. You know, I always tend to lead with uh, the question if somebody's misbehaving, in a disruptive way, I'll usually lead with the question, are you okay? Uh, Is there something that you need help with around this work? And rather than leading with um, the response to the behavior itself. And so that's the second thing, just don't assume that it's not academic and make sure you inquire about their ability to do the work and check if they need some additional support. Uh, The third mistake that is often made is uh, confronting every tiny little thing you know uh i'm a strict teacher i i run a pretty tight ship when i'm in the classroom and most kids will tell you that but you've got to be able to discern when to let things slide when to ignore things that bill rogers calls it selective ignoring uh, where you have to decide whether it's worth confronting in the moment you may find that there are some behaviors that are not worth confronting for the sake of a bigger outcome. Uh, For example, if you tell a student to put their bag on the port rack and then sit down in their seat, well they may partially comply, they may sit in their seat but keep their bag with them. So you've got to decide what's more important. Is it more important to keep them in the seat or more important to get full compliance out of them and send them back to uh, the port rack, well, what you may find is them keeping the bag could be a, a couple of different things. They might uh, one have you know a nervousness about leaving their property alone because they 're scared of it being stolen or they. You know um, are protective of their personal property some kids can be like that uh, the second thing it might be is they might be setting you up to continue their disruption so they keep their bag because they know that you'll send them back to the port rack which is an invitation for them to uh, continue disrupting and continue being off task and so you need to decide what's more important getting them in their seat and getting them to work or uh, ensuring 100% compliance and you know, I think you could figure out which one's the more important one. So don't jump on everything, learn how to pick what's important and what you can let go through to the keeper for next time. Uh, Number four is this um, displaying Uh, conduct publicly or berating publicly. So if you have a habit of writing uh, kids' uh, conduct up on the board or maybe uh, telling them off in front of the class or making them an example, uh, this can be really detrimental. Generally speaking, it doesn't correct behavior at all. Uh, Kids who are made an example of don't Uh, suddenly have this epiphany that they need to stop misbehaving it usually causes shame it usually causes embarrassment and very often it will result in a repercussion where they will misbehave even more or they will feel the need to save face by disrespecting you or or engaging in some kind of antisocial behavior so don't look for ways to publicly shame or publicly display their behaviors look for ways to privately address it uh, quietly address it do it one-on-one as much as you can and you will find that you get much better responses out of your students number five is this demanding compliance without relationship. Um, I see this as a problem with many older teachers. If you've grown up in an era where you were taught to respect your teacher regardless of whether they were a nice teacher or not, or maybe you uh, have taught for a long time and you have this uh, very firm belief that children should respect their elders. Well, there's nothing wrong with that belief, but one of the things we need to recognize is that's not the world we live in anymore, and many children are not taught this. and. Uh, And very often we have to earn the trust and we have to earn the respect of the children that we teach. And so if you're just walking into a room demanding compliance or demanding respect, uh, what you will usually find with kids nowadays is that they will arc up or they will kick up uh, against that authoritarian type style of teaching. Uh, you, you need to do the work to build relationship. You need to put in the effort uh, to show them that you can be trusted, that you respect them and that you believe in them. And then you will find that compliance follows uh, that. Compliance will generally follow relationship, not the other way around. And so make sure you put in the work for the relationship. And the last thing is this, uh, check your biases. Uh, you will find that you have unconscious bias against certain students uh, based on their behavior, maybe based on their ethnic background, maybe based on uh, the way that they present themselves. Uh, there's a lot of things that we naturally as human beings, we just have unconscious biases about. And we need to be honest enough to own that and honest enough to reflect on it and say, okay, do I treat this student differently to the way that I treat that's Other students in my class. Perhaps they have a reputation in the school for certain behaviours. Perhaps you have had a negative encounter with this student in the past and then you will bring that negative experience to your relationship with that student. And so you've got to always, when you're dealing with behaviour, self-reflect and ask yourself the question, you know, did I handle that well? Uh, Was I acting out of a bias towards that student that was unwarranted or unnecessary? And uh, really be honest as a teacher and check yourself. Check your own attitude, check your own motives um, if you wanna get the best out of your students because we all do it and uh, we don't like it when it's done to us and nor should it be done to our students as well. So that's six mistakes that I commonly see with teachers that I work with and some of the ways that you can uh, respond differently so, um, you know, Responding to surface level behaviour. Make sure you dig beneath the surface and find out what else is going on. Uh, Assuming that they understand the work or that it's not related to academics. Many disruptive behaviours are related to a lack of understanding in the work. Uh, Confronting every little thing. You've got to learn how to know when to let things slide and when to focus on them and when to address them. Uh, Number four is displaying uh, conduct publicly or addressing misconduct Uh, in a a way that makes an example of students. We've got to uh, avoid shaming situations. Number five is demanding compliance without building relationship. Um, Compliance will always follow relationship. And the last one is checking your bias, being honest in your own reflection of the way that you interact with each student, and checking yourself if you are treating a student with any kind of hidden or unconscious bias in the way that you manage their behavior. I hope that was really helpful. If you'd like to dig deep on these topics, I have a course called Behaviour Management Essentials that uh, you can get by clicking on the link below. It is a full comprehensive training for teachers over four hours of um, coaching and development in the area of behavior management i know you'll get a lot of it out of it and if you've enjoyed this video hit the subscribe button and share it with somebody that you think will benefit and i'd love to hear from you so give us a comment and a like and i look forward to talking to you again real soon see you later